0: You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show and the Locked On Podcast Network. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BB Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. This is our first Thursday preview. So what we're going to get into today is previewing that Thursday night football game of course, but a very special guest and this is going to be an awesome segment I think every week on Thursdays where we have Chris Raybon from the Action Network on and we're going to go head to head, Matt, you and I are going to take on the Action Network and he's going to give us his six pack of picks for sunday's action and matt on friday you and i are going to make our designations of our favorite six games and we're going to keep track all season long so uh, i think it's going to be a lot of fun and chris is a really smart dude when it comes to uh sports betting in the nfl so that's going to be a lot of fun i can't wait to get through this uh every week on thursdays
2: absolutely it's gonna be a blast it's a fun new series for sure
1: a couple of news notes before we talk Houston Texans, and Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, This is a big one that kind of came out of nowhere to me. I didn't realize that Danell Hunter's injury was severe enough that he went on to injured reserve, and they brought in Yannick Ngakwe, and it's a good thing because they might have had zero pass rush going on in Minnesota.
2: Yeah, and I I didn't see this one coming either. When I woke up and saw it, I was shocked. I was super excited to watch Ndakwe and Hunter together, and we will eventually, obviously. But there's a name I just wanted to throw out that – um i had meant to mention before Nandokwe was 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 traded for is a Fetty uh, nigabo a <laughs> denigabo i i i know i'm so wrong on that name and i've practiced it and i am super duper wrong and i've watched him i like his game a lot i just can't say his name so he's a young up and coming <laughs> defensive end that Just to keep an eye on. So not, not that he's, you know, Hunter, obviously.
1: Right, but they don't have a, a complete zero coming in behind him. So uh, right. yeah, we'll, we'll watch Fetty closely. And there's a new, if, for those of you who don't know about the new rules, and there's a lot of new rules around the NFL, and I'm still learning some of them, I'm like, did I miss that? I can't remember that being a new rule. There's a new injured reserve rule. Every team has an unlimited amount of injured reserve spots. They can put guys on injured reserve. And it used to be that you could claim two guys and bring them back halfway through the year you can put a guy on IR for three weeks. So Danell Hunter could be ready to go and on the field in week four. So that's a new wrinkle to the IR for this season. And uh, I, I have a feeling that the Vikings are going to utilize that. And a lot of teams are going to utilize that around the NFL.
2: Right. And uh, I like it. I mean, it used to be yes. boys, we put them on IR or not boys gonna be there be forever. I, I like it kind of like baseball where there's a, was there a 15 day disabled list? Yeah. 60 day, 10 you know, days 10 days now. Yeah. It and makes like, more sense.
1: I'm all about it. You should be able to put a guy who's hurt for a certain number of weeks on a list for that many number of weeks. Like why would you limit it so much as the league has? So I think it's one of the things that the league is learning from, and they've learned a lot this off season that they might implement long term. Who knows?
2: Yeah, and it used to be, put him on IR, he's out for the year. Like, oh boy.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's not going to miss a
2: month. We don't (laughs) don't have to think about the pasture yet.
1: Give more people jobs. Let a practice squad guy (laughs) come up for a few weeks and then, you know, bring the other guy back who's hurt. Um,
2: Yeah, right, makes more sense.
1: Yeah, and and so many players miss an entire season when it was like, man, it was such a tough call for an organization. They're like, well, I guess we got to put this guy on IR even though I think we'll get him back in a month, but we just don't know and we need the roster spot. I I hate that.
2: Right, right. I mean, and in reality what the NFL should want is the best players dressing every week. And if your really good guy is out for six weeks and could have played 10 other games, don't we want to see him?
1: Absolutely. I'm 100% on board with you with that really quick note here. This one blows me away. Uh, Mitch Trubisky. I I mean, Mitch Trubisky has gotten crushed over the last 12 months or so, but he won the competition over Nick Foles to be, the Bears starter, at least for week one. We'll see how that goes. But this blew me away. This one from uh, Bill Zimmerman on Twitter. If Mitch Trubisky manages to throw for 3,014 yards this year, he will move into third place all time for Chicago Bears career passing yards. Wow. And if he starts 16 games, he's definitely doing that.
2: That's mind-boggling. I mean, that rivals the... Ben Roethlisberger has more wins in Cleveland stadium than any quarterback ever. (laughs) You know, it's just this massive ineptitude at the most important position on the field by the Browns and the bears for like our whole lifetime. And you know what bears fans, Jim McMahon wasn't even that good.
1: No, that was all about (laughs) that bears defense and Walter Payton.
2: Right. A lot of guys would have won games with that team.
1: Pretty amazing. So I had to mention that one because that stat just shocked me so much. All right. Uh, Matt, NFL football is happening tonight. Oh, this is so amazing. I can't believe it's actually happening. Uh, One quick one here when it comes to the Houston Texans who are on the road at Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by nine and a half points, by the way. That's a pretty big number against a Texans team that, I mean, that's not a pushover. Uh, one of the things that I want to talk with Chris about in a little bit is home field advantages and what those are going to look like. Having 16,000 fans in a stadium for the chiefs. Won't that seem like almost, uh, I mean, that would seem like, Oh gosh, this crowd sucks. I, that That's not right, even an advantage right. for the home team. Right.
2: Yeah. I was thinking that too. Like that call. I hate to throw my, my pit Panthers under the bus, but like when I was a recruiting assistant there, you know, I, I would, t- you know, the, I would deal with the kids who were there for the game and would be at Heinz Field, and it'd be like one-third full, you know. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to get 67,000 fans. And then they go to Penn State the next weekend for 110-packed whiteout, and it was like, uh yeah, you know. It wasn't exactly a good recruiting tool.
1: Absolutely like not. That. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I could just picture how it goes. So over the PA, there's 16,000 fans in the seats. And over the PA, it's like, and now you're a Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and they come running out of the tunnel, and it's like, yeah, woo! Hey, woo. Ooh, okay. And you hear individual Brang, people clapping, cheering. Yeah. It's like uh, the movie Major League. Do you remember when they had that? <laughs> right, the, the, yeah. I was like, I think it's almost like it will take a little bit of air out of your sails versus what they're used to running out uh, on a normal Sunday in one of the loudest stadiums. So if a team is hurt by not having a full stadium of fans, teams like the Chiefs. Uh, The Saints, uh, the Seahawks, those are the teams I look for that might not have as much of a home field advantage as they're used to.
2: And it's almost going to be like, you know, it's third and eight in a crucial situation. The Texans have the ball. Everybody get up. Let's get super crowd noise. And it's like the kids fighting Kramer at the dojo. You know, like they just can't muster enough.
1: (laughs) By the way, uh, the two starting quarterbacks Thursday night will be the most highly paid two players ever in an NFL stadium, right? So we've got Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's the marquee matchup. I love this matchup to kick off this NFL season. And uh, two of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, I think they're both, in some cases, people argue that they're the two best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. If you were drafting one, two, you might take Pat Mahomes one and Deshaun Watson number two overall. They both made a lot of money this offseason. Nine and a half points is a lot of points, and I get that the Chiefs have to be favored in this game, but how do you see this one Thursday night?
2: Tons of points, super fun, quarterback show galore. I think Houston falls a little short, but I don't think they'll run the ball much. I think they'll exploit that Chiefs secondary. It's hard for me to even say this, but I think Houston actually has a good offensive line now. So I don't think Watson will be under massive amounts of duress. Um, So I think Watson's stock in the public eyes, despite a tight loss, I think they're going to play him tight will rise dramatically. And people will look at him like, wow, maybe he's not that much different than Mahomes. And I think Kansas City gets a win, but I think JJ Watt kicks inside on throwing downs and causes problems. And, I just think that Houston secondary is in big trouble.
1: Do you think that the Houston Texans, whether it's Bill O'Brien or Deshaun Watson or the rest of the wide receivers, do you think they've earned maybe a little chip on their shoulder with how bad everyone's talked about the roster and and how bad Bill O'Brien, the GM, is this offseason?
2: Yes. Hey, but we go to the playoffs every year. It's not like we're the Jags. We're not this up-and-coming rebuilding team. We have a great quarterback. We got J.J. freaking Watt. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs>
1: Uh, I want I want to make sure we have enough time with Chris to make these uh, six-pack of pigs. I could tell you're fired up for football. I am, too, man. Like We're actually talking about games that are happening tonight. This is awesome. Uh, so I think we're both in agreement here with Chiefs straight up. We're going to beat the Texans at home coming off a Super Bowl win. But 9.5 points is too much.
2: I agree. I agree. I think it's like 35-30, 35-32, 30, something like that.
1: And I just will say this once again. I've said it before. I don't know who's going to win. I don't know what the score is going to be. But I do know that, Matt, you, I, all the listeners, all football fans out there are the real winners because football made it. We're kicking off on time for the 2020 season. We're all winners here.
2: Couldn't be happier. Awesome stuff.
1: Let's bring on Chris Raybon of the Action Network. Make our six-pack of picks for week one. This season, get football on your time
2: with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full-game replays. And you can see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes, go inside the game from a player's perspective, as they break breakdown the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. So go to nfl.com slash game pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops.
1: It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and Vitamin B6, to give you support you need where it matters most. That's the one I need uh, on right around the area of my right knee, and that area seems to be growing throughout my body. (laughs) And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else, CBDMD has to offer. They're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD. Dot com. Use promo code LockedOnNFL for twenty-five dollars off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. We bring on to the Peacock and Williamson program now from the Action Network, Chris Raybon. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Raybon. Oddly enough, and uh, Chris, as we as we bring on the show for the first time for listeners that are new to Peacock and Williamson. We make picks every week on Friday, but we're changing up now on Thursdays. We're going to bring you on the show and you're going to have a six pack of picks and we're going to make our best six picks on Friday. And we're kind of going to go head to head all year long here. But uh, at the end of every Thursday's show, we're going to bring you on to bring the Action Network's official six pack of picks, the, the games that you like the best. So that's what... This new segment is all about, and Chris, first of all, just welcome to the show and thank you for doing this. This is going to be fun, I think, every week throughout the season. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Let's get this money. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, if we can make it a little money on the side, that's a, that's a bonus to all this fun we have watching football. And I'm just so excited there's football happening. I would lose a bunch of money happily and know that NFL games are going to happen all season long. Chris, just really quick, uh, a little background about yourself. How did you get into this? How did you end up at the Action Network?
0: Well, I was uh, I, gr- growing up. I was always into football, always, you know, into box scores, and I ended up working in accounting, and I was really bored. And uh, <laughs> one day, I just uh, sent an email to a, a site, and uh, they they liked what I said. I started writing for free, got into the industry, uh, eventually got hired here, and uh, you know now. Really getting into the betting thing and, um, uh, watched every what have watched every snap of every game, even the kneel downs, for about a decade. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm really into this.
2: Congratulations, you're definitely enthusiastic about it, and oh, we're yeah, super psyched to have you. I can't wait to get this going. So, how, oh, do the,
1: yeah. how do you decide on your picks every week? I think that's important too, because you have the Action Network Sports Betting Podcast, right? And you guys go through and you make your Sunday six pack every weekend and we're going to utilize those selections, but some of them might not be maybe your personal favorites, right?
0: Right. So what we do is my co-host Stucky and I, um, each week on the podcast, we thought it would be uh, fun and kind of uh, you know valuable to listeners for us to actually have a draft of our top six picks. So what that means is that, you know, I'll start or he'll start, you know, depending on the week and we'll choose, you know, we'll choose our top bet. And then that means that the next person can't pick that bet. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, this week I picked the, the Buffalo bills. I had the first pick and and he was kind of upset. He was like, you know, I would have picked the bills if I had the first (laughs) pick. And then, so then we kind of go back and forth. So um, we each get, we each have three picks by the end of the draft uh, and then you, you add them together and you have six. So, um, you know, we, we, we do our power ratings every week. So we're, we're projecting every game. Those are up on ActionNetwork.com, our projected spreads and all that. So um, we're drawing off, you know, all of our, you know, normal betting knowledge for this. But, uh, yeah, we, we hold a draft of our top six each week. And that's what makes the six pack.
1: Cool. Is there some gamesmanship there when you're making your draft picks? Maybe you don't pick the game you like best because you know there's a game that he also likes. So You want to steal that from him?
0: Oh yeah, you know, doing it with him since uh, you know, last year we actually did it for the first time and won an award for for best sports betting podcast. Our, our first year doing it and over that period I've kind of learned, you know, which teams he likes and which teams he doesn't. You know, I know he's He's higher on the Lions than most people. And uh, he likes to fade the Patriots. So, you know, there are times when uh, I might make a pick that, you know, if I know he's probably not going to touch it anyway, uh, I might leave it till my third pick or something like that. But we do keep score. Um, I I barely won last year, but we both hit at like a 60% clip. It was pretty impressive. And it went down. It went down to the wire. That's awesome.
1: That is fantastic. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned a couple of teams there. I know Matt Williamson. My co-host here is pretty high on the lions as well, but you mentioned the bills. So that sounds like it's going to be one of your picks this week, right? So uh, let's start there with your, your first picks here in the six pack.
0: Yeah. So I started off the six pack uh, on this week's episode and, and I went with the Buffalo bills at six and a half point favorites over the New York jets. And for one, I think that you, you always start in a situation like this and you're looking at the, the quarterback matchup and, and Josh Allen you know, there's kind of a a narrative about him or maybe a certain view that the the more casual observer has. But the bottom line is Josh Allen, um, you know, cut his turnovers down a lot last year. Uh, He was three of 27 throwing the wideouts, not named uh, John Brown uh, on 20 yard plus balls last year. Now he's got Stephon Diggs, the top deep ball receiver in the league. Uh, And then you look on the other side and Sam Darnold uh, has just been below average in pretty much every metric when it comes to, to quarterback play, whether it's completion rate, touchdown rate uh, yards per attempt. And, and, and those are, you know, you're getting like eight, 900 dropbacks into a career. That's pretty predictive. So, um, you know, it's that, and then just looking at the jets last year finished seven and nine, but they could not have asked for a more uh, kind of cakewalk of a schedule to close out. I mean, they had three of the worst teams in the week the, the the Redskins, the, the Dolphins and the Giants, who they beat, then they beat the the Raiders, kind of in a predictable letdown spot, going from west to east in an early start. Uh, then they beat the, uh, the the Buffalo Bills in Week 17 without you know resting their their starters, and they beat the uh, the Steelers with, with Duck Hodges at quarterback. So the Jets really kind of lucked into. Uh, they're six and two finish last year and I think that's what's kind of making them a little overrated on the market uh, stuck and I both have this game uh, closer to seven and a half uh, rather than six and a half so that's over a key
2: number so always like that Chris I meant to ask you a question before we got into games because it's such a weird year and mm-hmm. I'm sure you're not positive of this answer but how are you weighting home field advantage now I think it's, it deserves to be weighted a little bit
0: less, but I think we have to be conservative because the way I tend to do anything with, you know, projections and weighting is the more data we have, the more confident we are in that, Mm -hmm. in that kind of forecast. Right. So as of right now, there's really no telling exactly how much, you know, fans are worth versus the other components of home field advantage, you know, the, the travel, the familiarity, uh, things like that. So, Uh, You know, I've knocked it down a little bit, you know, usually about half a point or so. But until we kind of get a a large sample of games, and we just might not get that, you know, throughout, you know, the year to really where we can make any definitive conclusions. But, um, you know, until we get kind of data that says – you know, home field advantage needs to be knocked down, you know, more like a point or two points. I think we have to kind of go at what we were going with and and be very conservative in what we're kind of knocking off due, do simply to uh, crowds in the stands. Interesting. I mean,
2: I certainly think it does still favor Florida teams this week, Denver, you know, some of the, the, the weather hasn't changed.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Denver's got its own issues. I mean, you know, <laughs> Von Miller is now out. I think denver I think, Den- I think a, a lot of times that Denver um, home field advantage it it's it it is a factor, but um, I, I think sometimes it skews kind of the perception of the team. Like uh, I thought that you know when this when the line opened for that Monday night game, I think Denver was what I like two or three point favorite and it's come all the way full circle to where the Titans are now like a two and a half point favorite. And uh, I I think sometimes people overrate that, even though it is a factor, I think sometimes it gets a little bit overrated and and skews the, you know, the fact that, you know, Denver has some other issues, you know, that, you know, home field advantage or not uh, are going to be problematic, especially in this matchup against Tennessee.
1: That's going to be one of the fascinating things this year is to find out. And it's really cool. And I'm sure it's cool for someone like you who wants that data to separate fans and travel mm-hmm. from that, right? So you can kind of learn a little bit more about what exactly a home field advantage actually is. I think that's really cool.
0: Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, talking to some some former players and, and things like that, uh, I found out that travel probably is a bigger factor than I had, you know, given credit for, you know, previously because I was talking to some offensive linemen and they were telling me just how tough it is You know, sometimes, you know, being a big guy like that to to get into these planes or buses and and sit for long times. And also the hotels, when you go on the road, aren't necessarily, uh, you know, up, you know, the same what you're used to or, uh, you know, as comfortable as you're used to in your home city or, you know, in your, you know, your home bed. So um, it's a totally different uh, environment and it does play a huge factor. So that's why, again, I think we can't overreact. I, I certainly think fans are worth some percentage of that home field advantage because you also have the factor of the referees being biased by a crowd. Um, you know, they, t- they want to kind of appease that home crowd and that influences calls. So that factors in as well, but um, we always have to be conservative until you have some kind of definitive uh,
2: data. Good stuff. Let's dig into the game.
1: Yeah, let's keep it going. Uh, game number one, we have the Bills giving up six and a half over the Jets. What is your second pick here for Sunday? Okay, so
0: the second one was it. So I'll go in order of the way we picked them uh on the on the show. So uh Stuckey picked the the uh Arizona Cardinals and uh as plus seven uh, underdogs against the Niners. And that's one I, I tend to agree with because you look at the 49ers last year and the quarterbacks that they struggled with were all of the mobile quarterbacks. And granted, you know, those are some of the best quarterbacks in the week. So it's kind of a, sure. uh, you know, it's circular argument a little bit, but uh, you look at the two games, even against Arizona, one was a 3.49 point 49er victory. The other one was a 10.9 or victory, but Arizona was up <laughs> with uh, 30 seconds to go. And then uh, the Niners kind of take the lead and then they score on a backdoor uh, cover uh, you know I mean a, like a crazy touchdown at the end of the game so um, Arizona played San Francisco extremely tough in both games and I think that's you know to, it has to do with the, the ability of Kyler Murray uh, to, to get out of the pocket and run you know that defense is excellent at you know uh, sending just four and and, and dropping seven and, and they still get pressure and when you have a quarterback that can move around it really can um, combat that a lot better than uh, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, for example, who doesn't run anymore. And we saw the issues that he had going against San Francisco in both matchups last year. Like there wasn't even any adjustment uh, that that they could make the second time around. So I think uh, Arizona going against this San Fran team that's a little bit beat up, uh, you know, the, the line right now, seven is a little too much. I, I think this is a, a closer to a, a six point game, especially given San Francisco's injuries.
2: I gotta warn you though, Brian's a, a Niner guy and I'm a Steeler guy. So proceed with caution in those two. Areas. <laughs> oh, I love Steelers. I love well the, Steelers. I, love oh, God, the Steelers.
0: I, I mean, the Niners oh, were no. my team last year. Like <laughs> I was I was on the Niners when no one believed in when no one realized they were good yet. And like, you know, they were like underdogs to the Rams and teams like that. And and I'm like, no, the Niners are are gonna truck them. Um, but you know what happens though is when a team has such a good year, like the 49ers did. And this is just, you know, any team almost like they they can get a little overrated, Mm -hmm. you know, the next year, especially early in the year. So that's always something to watch. Um, And and I think that is the case a little bit uh, going against Arizona, just because Arizona has played them so tough in the past. And it's a divisional matchup, which we know is a little bit closer.
1: There's two things that jump out to me with this matchup. And I talked a lot about this game on Locked On 49ers, which I also host Um, the seven point favorite, like seven points for. The over-under, which only started out at, like, 46 and a half, like, that's an immediate red flag, right? For someone who's betting is, like, how how can you get that big of a, a line for a game that has a lower over-under?
0: Yeah, and that's definitely something to watch for. You kind of can, you know, back back into the projected score of the game. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's definitely something to to look out for. Now, there can be situations where, you know, it can make sense if you expect, for example – uh, one defense to just really shut down the other and i think that's what you know some people may if you're betting on san francisco you're expecting you know them to you know handle arizona like 27 to 10 or something like that right so um you know i it's certainly viable but yeah that's a it's a good point that when you see the the, the more points that you expect to be scored uh the you know the and, and the it's going to be easier for the favorite to kind of separate or one team to separate. So if there's a tight game with a low score, it's going to be hard for either team to, to really separate on the scoreboard.
1: The other factor here, and this goes for a lot of games this year is, does it help in this odd off season for a 49ers team with more continuity or for a Cardinals team to be like that, that team that comes out in, in sneak attack mode and teams aren't really ready for how good they're going to be yet.
0: I think it's both. I think the one thing I've been saying throughout this pandemic and I've been kind of warning people is don't apply any blanket statement or blanket kind of outlook to, to, you know, the entire situation. Like I think it's going to vary team by team. Like, continuity is great, but if you had a really bad, like let's say offensive line, then it might just be better if you have five new starters, if those guys are more talented, right? <laughs> so, so like with the Cardinals, it's like, you know, there's some you know there's some new pieces on defense, but, you know, given how bad they were covering tight ends, for example, like it might be better to have Isaiah Simmons, you know, lining up on George Kittle than, you know, whatever they were doing last year. So, uh, you know, it does vary, I think, you know, team by team, but I do think the 49ers are in a good spot. Um, from a continuity perspective I you know their run game is going to be so strong uh, and, and that's really what separates them and so that's actually another matchup that that I'm watching in this game is Arizona was really bad in pass defense last year we expect that to be a little bit better you know with, with some of their, their secondary uh, you know getting a year older Patrick Peterson was kind of shaky last year but Uh, Arizona was number six in run defense DVOA. So Arizona better than most teams at at stopping the run. And that goes a long way to at least slowing down San Fran.
1: One of the marquee matchups too in week one is Chandler Jones against Trent Williams, the new left tackle for the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo threw 750 yards and eight touchdown passes against the Cardinals in their two meetings last year. Uh, so if, if he could get that clean pocket and maybe torch that secondary again, we'll see. That That is an interesting matchup for sure. All right, got to keep this moving here. What is your third pick here this week in uh, in week one in the NFL?
0: So, uh, th- and this was my second pick, you know, the third pick overall, of the six-pack, uh, the Carolina Panthers plus three and a half, at home against the Vegas Raiders. And and this is one I really like because you look at these two teams and I think because Carolina, and this kind of goes back into the continuity thing, Carolina, new head coach, new quarterback, a lot of new pieces. And so, you know, people are kind of fading them, but you look at this matchup against this Vegas Raider team and and you start with the quarterback position, right? Derek Carr versus Teddy Bridgewater. I, I wouldn't, you know, Carr had a good season last year, but uh, I wouldn't say that there's a huge disparity between the two quarterbacks. Then you look and you say, what's the knock on Carolina uh, is really defense. And you look up and the Raiders actually had a worse defense than the Panthers last year. The Raiders were second to last in, in overall defensive DVOA. You look at, you know, one of the weaknesses in, in Carolina in particular is their run defense. You say, Josh Jacob, he's going to run all over them, which probably is true, but, uh, who has the best running back in this game? It's still Carolina with Christian McCaffrey, you know, uh so it's like all of the different facets of the game. Uh it, Carolina may potentially have an advantage. Uh we know there's probably not quite as much home field advantage as as there usually would be, but Carolina's also at home. I don't think this number should be this far apart. Uh in, in, you know, in terms of giving the Raiders more than than a field goal or really I think it should be a pickem, but Uh, so I think this line is way off, and I think these teams are a lot more evenly matched, and uh, you know, there's really no supreme disadvantage that Caroline is at, Uh, you know, they have a new coach, yes, but even with Bridgewater, there is some continuity there, because he was with Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator in New Orleans in 2018, he already knows the offense, he was able to kind of Teach other people the offense in camp rather than him learning it for the first time. So uh, I really like Carolina. I just
2: think this 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 number is way too large. A lot of good points there. And back to our home field discussion. You mentioned it a little cross country road trip for a one o'clock start too. I mean, first game of the year. You're getting your feet under you. Uh, I don't love that for Vegas.
0: Yeah, and they have struggled in those situations in the past. I mentioned the game against the, the New York Jets last year where it was kind of a predictable, you know, you know, flop for the Raiders. Now, I don't know, maybe it, it's a little easier because it's week one, but, uh, you know, this is more to do with just the straight up matchup on the field. I just don't think Carolina is, is a much worse football team than the Vegas Raiders. And the way the number is, you know, you're implying that Vegas three and a half on the road means they're probably you're saying they're like five five and a half to six points better on a neutral field and that simply is just not true
2: yeah i hear you
1: yeah that raiders defense not convinced there uh they might be starting two rookie wide receivers and don't sleep on that young carolina panthers defensive line which is uh, i like how they're building around that there uh game number four chris So this was Stucky's second pick. uh,
0: The Los Angeles Rams plus two and a half. They're plus three at certain books as well uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. And this is another one of mine. I actually bet this line when it first came out uh, back. You know, I wait was it March or or February or something like that. And listen, as good as we we think the Dallas Cowboys uh, are going to be, and you know they're they're probably going to 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 continue to 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 play well and and win the NFC East and, and challenge for that uh, conference championship, the Rams are by no means a, a bad team last year. They, 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 one of the issues with the Rams is they ran into the 49ers twice. And, and that's just a, <laughs> b- a bad matchup for them. I mean, I mentioned, you know, teams that can get pressure without uh, blitzing, That's that's trouble for the Rams. The Cowboys are not that kind of team. I think the Cowboys are going to struggle on defense. The Cowboys aren't as strong on their offensive line as uh, as they normally would be. Uh, You have, you know, game one of kind of a a new coach in in McCarthy, um, kind of maybe switching things up a little bit. You know, I think there's, you know, Sean McVay coming out here. This guy has been really good. You know, even in the, the Rams kind of disappointing year last year, they're still nine and seven. Um, and, and you know still an above average football team they're just not as wide a disparity I think as people think again especially with you know the Rams even with less home field advantage still um, the Rams being at home uh, I, I just think this is a lot more evenly matched game than people may think you know if Dallas was at home uh, I think then you, you look at the, the number and say okay it should be three four but with the with the Rams at home uh, I think this number's too large.
1: Yeah, I like the home team getting some points there, and the Cowboys just, and look, maybe this is the 49ers fan in me, Cowboys are always, uh, they get, you know, they have a great marketing team, we'll put it that way, so there's always probably a lot of money coming in on the Cowboys, maybe more than warranted in some cases, and they they have a lot of hype coming into this year.
0: Oh, yeah, no, that's a great point, actually, because we should talk about that, because it kind of frames what we'll talk about for the rest of the year, but there are certain teams that are essentially public teams, which means, as you mentioned, the public just likes to bet on them, and so lines tend to be a little bit inflated in their favor. And the Cowboys are right at the top of that list, uh, the Patriots also, but the Patriots, that may change now that Tom Brady's no longer there. That remains to be seen. Um, the Green Bay Packers tend to get a lot of action, just a lot of casual action as well. So anytime you see those those, those kind of Uh, really popular teams those fan favorites that may have a a fan base outside of just their home city uh, which the Cowboys are are always going to be at the top of that list Uh, those lines may be inflated by you know a half a point to a point every week
1: game number five Chris
0: so that was my third pick of the six-pack and I went with the Chicago Bears plus three Against the Detroit Lions, and I actually like the Lions a lot too. So um, this play is a it's it's a straight up value bet because uh, I have this number closer to one and a half. Most people, um, you know, doing the ratings have the same. I think that as and I love what Daryl Bevel did with with Matthew Stafford last year in Detroit, but I think the Bears are another team that came, came off a disappointing season where they weren't actually that bad. They you know they just kind of under performed relative to that 12 and four uh, record the year before they go eight and eight Uh, they're pretty average Mitch Trubisky plays the year with a you know a shoulder injury Uh, he looks to be over that I think we'll see a little bit closer to 2018 Trubisky and you know Matt Patricia just hasn't quite put it together yet you know even with Stafford uh, in the lineup he's still 9-14-1 straight up uh, 9-23-1 overall you know, a lot of that coming with, you know, injuries to, to 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 Stafford. But, you know, still hasn't quite put it together. I think this defense will get better as the year progresses. But, um, you know, all those former Patriots pieces don't necessarily tend to work as well outside of that New England system. And that's what we've kind of seen so far in this Patricia era is that he's trying to bring that Patriots culture over there and, and some of those players. And it doesn't hasn't necessarily worked out quite as well as it did in new england uh so i think that the bears uh with matt nagy with this defense have the ability to slow down some of that downfield passing attack uh for matthew stafford uh, and i think this is a, a, another game that's a little bit closer to a toss-up and, and getting three points with the bears so i'm going with chicago
2: you know, brian mentioned i'm high on the lions and i am compared to the rest of the division but i think there will be a trend of overs in lion games
0: I, I could see that because they are I mean Matthew Stafford, I believe the average depth of target was depending on which um you know site you look at, somewhere in the 10.6 to 10.7 range. Yeah. And that was completely opposite to what he was doing the year before when everyone got hurt and he was throwing a like Ellington and you know and, and all these guys. So um I, I definitely agree. I, I'm really high on you know, like Marvin Jones in fantasy. I think he's going under kind of underappreciated because he gets a lot of those targets too, not just Galladay. Uh, You know, they got Hawkinson, uh, you know, still is going to kind of be a uh, take a jump entering year two. And they got some good, you know, backup receivers. You know, Marvin Hall making plays downfield and Cephas had a great camp. So uh, I do think the Lions will be able to to score with the best of them. I think that defense will take some time to kind of mold into what Matt Patricia's vision of it uh, will it is.
1: Chris, first of all, I love how you. He, you're distancing yourself from Stucky's picks. So let's get into this last one. We're almost out of time here. The last pick for the week one six pack.
0: He went with the Miami Dolphins plus six and a half. And I'm not distancing myself at all from that one. I, mm, okay. I, I went, we do a money line parlay every week on the show, which is we both pick an underdog on the money line and we combine it into a little parlay for the listeners. So it's like, you know, they can kind of, you know, it, it'd be like a big payout. Uh, so for this week, uh, my money line pick, you know, and his, this was his last spread pick, but my money line pick was the Miami Dolphins to defeat the New England Patriots. I just think that we have. there's so much uncertainty with New England. You know, Cam Newton, we have no idea. First of all, if he was even brought in to be the starter, I mean, given how late he was brought into camp, then Stidham kind of vanishes with this leg injury. You know, then it's like Josh McDaniels has never, you know, without like, without a Tom Brady, um, you know, on his team, he's only had one, you know, top, uh, top uh, above average finish in points. Every time he hasn't had Brady, it hasn't been quite as good. So we don't even know if like they can put together an offense around Cam Newton. The, The receivers were, extremely uh, bad at getting separation last year. Tom uh, Newton's completion rate is four points lower than Brady's for his career. So like this could really not work. And then you have Flores who who knows Belichick well. We've seen Matt Patricia beat Belichick, you know, early in the year. We've seen Flores beat Belichick, you know, in the past, uh, you know, this, and the Patriots tend to struggle. In week ones, they're just they're just five hundred against the spread. Uh, they've been sixty percent in all other weeks. Uh, you know, in the Brady Belichick era, so um, this is the time to bet against New England, and uh, I think they have uh, trouble winning this game.
2: I like the Flores angle you mentioned, and it wouldn't shock me if ten years from now we say he was the most successful of all the Belichick disciples.
0: Absolutely, I I like what he's doing in Miami. Um, not only some of the moves he's making in, to rebuild that team, but also just even getting them to play hard last year. I mean, yeah. everyone knew they were tanking, yeah, and they and they beat some teams that they should not have beat. So, it's the worst roster I've ever seen right I mean they, they I, I think I think they they, they they they're still stuck on like negative two rushing yards from 2019. Like, I don't I don't know if they ever got positive yardage but uh yeah it's uh I, this is, I think this will be a better team and I, I don't think this New England team is is anything what we've come to expect and especially in week one, I think it's going to be a very I think it's going to be a struggle on offense and the defense not quite as good with with the opt outs and, and whatnot.
1: Y'all can bet against Bill. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that yet. <laughs> <I> understand.
0: <laughs> Completely understandable. I'm just saying it's this is usually the time to do it. Early in the year, they're still kind, they're still feeling things out. You know how the Patriots do. They use they use, especially with no preseason, I feel like they're going to use this opening month to kind of feel things out. And, and they'll they'll probably get rolling by by October.
1: Fantastic stuff, Chris. Look forward to chatting with you every Thursday, making our weekly six-pack of picks you can find chris on twitter at chris raybon and of course the award-winning action network sports betting podcast chris thank you so much man we'll talk you again next week and and uh, we'll tally up who had the most w's and l's from week one
0: thanks for having me guys good luck